Hey, it's Matt Bowles. If you want to hang out with me in person, I'm going to be at the Latino Travel Fest in Elizabeth, New Jersey, May 31st to June 2nd. And I've got a 15% discount for you to join me. Just go to themaverickshow.com slash Latino. That's L-A-T-I-N-O. There you're going to see your 15% discounted ticket. There are going to be multiple guests from The Maverick Show attending, so you'll be able to hang out with all of us in person. You do not need to be Latino in order to attend Everyone is welcome. Again, get your discounted ticket at themaverickshow.com slash Latino. And as soon as you do, send me a DM on Instagram at Matt Bowles Maverick. Let me know that you're coming so that we can make plans to link up in person. And now here's a clip of what's coming up on today's episode. On this episode, I'm going to take you behind the scenes of my nomad life and show you how to do it too. Let's get it. is The Maverick Show, where you'll meet today's most interesting real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and world travelers, and learn the strategies and tactics they use to succeed. And now, here's your host, Matt Bowles. Hey, everybody, it's Matt Bowles. Welcome to The Maverick Show. In this episode, I'm going to answer the most common questions I get about how I structure my nomadic lifestyle. This is an episode that people have been asking me to do for a long time. So I'm super excited. I'm going to break down the different aspects of the lifestyle infrastructure that I have built and then provide as many tactical details to you as I can about exactly how I do it so that you can replicate the parts of it that are appealing to you. So let me start with an overview of what my lifestyle actually looks like. And then I'll break down each part and provide you with the resources and techniques for how to do it. So I've been a fully itinerant nomad with no base since 2013, and I've lived in over 60 countries on six continents since then. I travel with carry-on luggage only, so I'm able to move around the world between countries with a very high level of agility. Now, I've also studied minimalist packing techniques very closely over the years, so some people might think, okay, carry-on luggage only for long-term world travel, you know, that's possible if you're just going from beach location to beach location and you've got bathing suit, a couple t-shirts and a pair of flip-flops. That would be definitely an easy way to do it. But for me, in my travels, I like a lot more diversity than that. And so my carry-on luggage contains gear for warm weather climates when I'm at the beach, but also for cold weather climates when I'm skiing, for example, and for dressy nights out in the big city. So my carry-on also includes a Hugo Boss suit and Ferragamo shoes, for example. All right. But the biggest thing that I have found is that my ability to condense all of my physical possessions into carry-on luggage has had an incredibly liberating psychological effect for me. 
it has freed me from the pressures of materialism, the social pressure to spend money and accumulate things because I don't have any place to put things. And that has enabled me to focus my life entirely on experiences and relationships with people. And so instead of stockpiling material items, I'm stockpiling incredible memories on a daily, weekly, and monthly basis. So whether I'm scuba diving with whale sharks in Thailand or taking a catamaran through the Galapagos Islands or paragliding over the Andes in Colombia or hiking Machu Picchu in Peru or going to wine festivals in Bordeaux or watching sunsets in Tuscany or taking the Trans-Siberian Railway across Russia or riding camels through the Gobi Desert in Mongolia, exploring ancient temples in Cambodia or dancing at all-night beach parties in West Africa, I'm constantly learning, laughing, and I'm doing all of these things with extraordinary people, both locals and other nomads. And for me, doing all of these things as a shared experience and creating lifelong memories with amazing people, that, it for me, is the whole game. That's everything, right? Now, as I move into the tactics... I want to be super clear that none of what I do is related to luck or circumstance. My entire lifestyle architecture is a result of very meticulous design, planning, and execution. And the infrastructure is rooted in a series of very important sustainability pillars that have enabled me to do this at this level over the long term. And the good news is that no matter where you're from and no matter where you are in your life right now, whether you're just out of college, mid-career, or already retired, whether you're single, married, or have kids, whether you're a business owner, a freelancer, or a full-time salaried employee, it doesn't matter. The people that I nomad with are in all of these categories. I hang out and travel the world with people from all six continents, I've nomaded with people from ages 18 to 70 plus years old. So no matter what your circumstance, there is a path for you personally if you choose to prioritize that. So I'm going to talk about what I've done, how I've done it, what has worked for me. But there are all sorts of variations on this where you can take those same principles and just adapt them to your circumstances because someone in your circumstance has surely transcended whatever particular obstacles or challenges appear to be in your way currently. And so it's all about taking the concepts and then adapting them to your personal situation to transcend whatever you perceive to be in front of you. And definitely there has been someone that has done that before. Okay, so as we move into the tactical section here, I wanna mention at the outset that my team and I have just launched a new website called Maverick Nomad Life, which contains all of the resources and products and services that I personally use and that I have used for building and maintaining this lifestyle. So I've been able to also negotiate special discounts for you on a lot of these products and services and programs that I patronize. And so you can check all of that out at 
maverickNomadLife.com. Okay, let's move into the tactical section here. So the first category that I get a lot of questions on is how to finance this lifestyle. And that is obviously an important sustainability pillar. You must be able to generate location-independent income. So let's talk about that first, because there are four primary ways to do that. Number one is to be an entrepreneur and build a location-independent business that you can run from anywhere in the world. This is the path that I chose. And by the way, I had zero business background. And my company is not in a space that is traditionally virtual at all, okay? I co-founded Maverick Investor Group with my amazing business partners, and it is a licensed real estate brokerage in the United States, and we serve real estate investors exclusively. Okay, so what we do is we help regular people buy turnkey rental properties as an investment to own and hold in the best US real estate markets, no matter where they live, okay? So these are mostly single family homes, in some cases, two to four unit properties, but it's all residential real estate. And it comes fully renovated with tenants and local property management already in place. So you can buy the actual house, you own the deeded real property itself, but you don't have to be the rehabber or the landlord or live near it. Okay, so that is our company Maverick Investor Group. And that is the value proposition. Now, we, when we were founding it, we prioritized from the very beginning building this company with a location independent infrastructure from day one. Okay, I read the four hour work week by Tim Ferriss the week it came out in 2007 and realized from that book that the freedom of mobility is a currency just like money. And so when we designed our business plan, in addition to planning how to generate income, our business plan equally prioritized how the company was gonna facilitate our location independence and our freedom of mobility to live where we want, travel when we want, and design the lifestyle that we choose. So my business partners and I have never actually lived in the same city since the founding of our company. And we built the company with a completely virtual infrastructure. And this portion of our business plan ensured that we did not make any geographically restrictive mistakes as we were building the company because we planned it out from the beginning. Okay, so one option for you is to build a location independent business. And I have interviewed a lot of people on this podcast that have done exactly that. They have built location-independent companies in a very wide variety of spaces and industries, many of which are certainly not traditionally virtual. So there's a lot of blueprints in this podcast for how to do that and how to do it creatively and how to do it in all different types of spaces. But if you're just getting started, there are a number of resources on the Maverick Nomad Life site. There's an entrepreneur section that we're building into that site, which is going to 
provide you access to specific service vendors that we use and things of that nature, okay? Now, the second way to become location independent and generate location independent income is to be a freelancer and basically sell your skills in a particular area to multiple clients on a freelance basis, okay? And we also have resources on maverick.nomadlife.com for how to develop your freelance business if that's the direction that you want to go. The third way is to be a salaried full-time employee with a company and simply negotiate with your employer to work remotely. This is a massive trend right now. So many people have full-time jobs and are traveling the world simply working remotely. Because ultimately, if your job, if you can quote-unquote work from home, then you can work from the beach in Thailand or anywhere else in the world, okay? So it's about negotiating that remote work location with your employer and then once you get the remote work arrangement to then design your lifestyle and live wherever you want to live or travel wherever you want to travel. And so if that lifestyle is a priority for you and your current employer is not offering you a remote work location, then you have a number of options, right? You can try to negotiate that. And there's a lot of techniques for how to do that. And then there's also, of course, looking for other jobs or other employment opportunities that can lead to a remote working arrangement if freelancing and entrepreneurship are not for you and you want to remain in that salaried position. But I travel the world with a lot of people that are full-time salaried employees and they've just simply negotiated remote work arrangements. The fourth way to generate location-independent income is through passive investment income. Okay. Specifically, I travel with a number of nomads who have built up their portfolio of rental properties and they are literally financing their lifestyle based off of their passive rental income that flows into them from their properties. So they used to have a job. They bought rental properties on the side with their money. They saved their money. They invested it in income generating assets, i.e. rental properties. And then they bought enough rental properties so that their passive rental income that flows in every month that they don't have to work for covers all of their lifestyle expenses. Okay. Now I have also on the Maverick Nomad Life site, we've put in a real estate investing section and there is a report there that I wrote on real estate investing for digital nomads specifically, right? So how to finance an epic international lifestyle using rental properties. You can grab that for free and check it out and go through it. And of course, happy at Maverick Investor Group to support you and schedule a phone consultation to help you design a plan and a path for building a portfolio of cash flowing rental properties. Again, a free consultation there, no charge also available at the Maverick Nomad Life site in the real estate section, you will see that. So those are the four main ways to develop location-independent income. Build a location-independent business, become a freelancer, 
negotiate a remote work location with your employer if you're a salaried employee or investment income, passive rental income in particular from your real estate. Those are the four primary ways and we have information on all of those at the website. Now, I also get a lot of questions relating to working while traveling, okay? So let's say that you do build that location-independent business. You can run it from anywhere or you negotiate that remote work location with your employer or whatever it is. You get enough freelance clients that you can do that as a full-time gig. Then once you start traveling and you start nomading, at that point, a number of other questions arise that I wanna take a few minutes to address. So I get questions about everything from how to get consistent Wi-Fi and have a comfortable work environment to how to minimize distractions of all the exciting travel stuff that's around you so that you can focus on work and how to get into productive routines while you're moving around and changing time zones and all of that kind of stuff. So I just want to share a few thoughts on how I do that and how I have figured that out over the last few years. So my first primary recommendation is to slow travel. Okay, you are not on vacation. This is now your lifestyle. And you are in complete control of your travel cadence. How quickly you travel or how slowly you travel, how long you stay in one place, how frequently you transition to a different place. And that's very important to take seriously. And so I slow travel, meaning I try to usually stay in each place for a minimum of one month, sometimes longer. And I do that for a number of reasons. One is because I like to have the stability and to be able to get into a regular flow, a regular routine, and not have the hecticness of transitioning more frequently than that, which can be disruptive for me personally. The other reason I like to do that is because I like to feel like a resident in the places where I'm going. I don't go and just stay in a hotel or a you know tourist spot. I actually want to rent a long-term place a month plus and actually be a resident of that city and feel like I live there. So I'm going to my regular coffee shop every day where people know me and they say hello to me. And, you know, I go to the grocery store and I shop for food and, I, you know, I'm a regular resident. I'm not a tourist. The other thing that helps with is the question I get about how do you discipline yourself not to be totally sucked in by all the exciting stuff going on in this brand new place? Well, if you're there for a month or two months or longer, then you have the evenings and the weekends to explore the exciting place that you're in. So it's not like, oh my gosh, I'm only here for a couple of days. I have to run around and see everything. You know, you're like, no, I'm here for a couple months. And so you can go and do the exciting things that there are to do on the weekends, right? You can go out to certain places on in the evenings and you can still have a full focused work week and also immerse yourself and enjoy the place where you are. And so that balance is really important, right? The other thing is just perspective on work discipline in general, because to be honest, 
are there distractions or like fun, exciting opportunities or, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out if you're not doing certain things? Of course, there always are. But at the same time, if you live in one city and you commute to your office every day and, you know, commute home and then you have your evenings at home and, you know, that's your lifestyle or you are running your business, but you're just running your business from your hometown, there are just as many distractions, right? You could binge watch Game of Thrones on Netflix for, you know, 12 hours in a row and, you know, be distracted and taken away from your work and all this kind of stuff. So there are tons of distractions everywhere in our life. And so when you're living remotely, traveling the world, doing that kind of stuff, the distractions might be different, right? You might prioritize going to see cool stuff in the place where you are over watching that Netflix series, but you still have to balance the disciplined work ethic, which is the engine that is going to generate the income that's going to facilitate the long-term maintenance of this lifestyle. So it's really about taking a long-term view and understanding that you need to nurture your income generating engine, whether that's a job or your freelancing or your business or whatever it is. And you have to give that the disciplined attention that it needs so that you can maintain this lifestyle long-term. And then as you're traveling slowly, you can do that at a pretty healthy and balanced pace. And that pace is gonna differ for everybody. So it's not one specific formula that works for all people, but those are the things I would encourage you to consider with respect to travel cadence and pace. And then with respect to Wi-Fi and that kind of stuff, what I would encourage you to do is first of all, research and join a co-working space in the place that you're going to be based. So if you're gonna go somewhere for a month, they will usually, most cities will have co-working spaces and not just cities, but you know, I've been to co-working spaces on islands. I've been to co-working spaces in small towns in the middle of Siberia. I've been to co-working spaces all over the world, okay? So wherever it is that you wanna go, and you want to slow travel and be based somewhere for a month or two or three, check out the co-working spaces. These are basically shared office spaces that have really high quality, consistent Wi-Fi. That's their value proposition, right? You're paying to use their office space so that you can get access to the Wi-Fi and you can get it 24 seven. So whatever hours you need to work on, you can get access to an office with reliable and consistent Wi-Fi for you. And I've been able to do that very consistently all over the world in all different regions. And then for your accommodations, wherever you're gonna be staying, if you're renting an Airbnb for a month or something like that, check with the host or whoever's providing the accommodations and ask them to run a speed test of the Wi-Fi that is gonna be in your apartment and check in advance how fast that is so that you'll have access to good quality Wi-Fi in your apartment, but then also you'll have the office space, right? With the 24 seven Wi-Fi, which will likely be faster than what's in your apartment. So for me, for example, I need to do things like record podcast interviews and host webinars and do video calls and things like that. So I need consistent high-speed Wi-Fi. In some cases, my apartment is fast enough to do that. In other cases, you know, I, I go into the co-working space to do that. And I just use the Wi-Fi at the apartment for sending emails and doing more basic things like that. But you should definitely know in advance, you know, what your setup will be so you can plan around that. And then 
In terms of the other aspects of getting into healthy travel routines, right? Again, if you're in a place for a month plus, you can, in addition to joining the co-working space for a month, you can go and join a gym for a month. They have fitness centers all over the world. And so, and all those fitness centers will also have, you know, personal trainers, if you want to do that or whatever your kind of fitness regimen is, classes, you know, whatever it is that you do, whatever types of, if you do fitness classes of a particular kind, or you work with personal trainer, or you just want access to a gym to do your own workout, they have those all over the world. And so you're going to be there for a month plus. So then it's boom, join the co-working space, join the gym, you know, get an apartment that's situated in the right part of town. And you do the, you know, you do this research in advance and you figure it out and then you're all set up. So you transition and then boom, right? You go grocery shopping, you get all your stuff that you need and you join the the gym and the co-working space and then you're set, right? And then boom, now you can design whatever routine it is that you want for your month while you're there. If you're a morning person, you're a night person, you're this, that, whatever it is, you can structure your days in such a way that work for you. Okay, so that financial pillar is number one in our list, okay? That is a core essential pillar that you need to give the proper time, attention, and discipline to nurturing because that's what's gonna finance your lifestyle over the long term. The second major sustainability pillar that I get a lot of questions about is community, okay? And this goes hand in hand with how to avoid loneliness while traveling, and this is super important. So I wanna share with you exactly how I do this and what I have found that works really, really well for me because as I travel the world, I am constantly, consistently, by choice, immersing myself in amazing communities of people and having all of these epic experiences with really incredible, inspiring people that actually care about me. So I have a support network in person with me at all times. And I want to share with you the different ways that I go about structuring that and that you can as well. Okay. So the first major thing, and this has only been available since about 2014, 2015 era, is that there are now a number of work travel programs that have come into the space. So these are companies such as Remote Year, such as Hacker Paradise, such as Wi-Fi Tribe. And these companies are facilitating a travel experience where you can be part of a community of working professionals. So it could be entrepreneurs, freelancers, salaried employees. It's usually a mix of those. But you go and you have an extended experience for usually anywhere from two weeks to three months. And you are immediately joining a community of people that know you're coming, want to hang out with you, want to explore the city with you, all of that. And so these travel programs, first of all, they facilitate the logistics of your travel. So I did a 12-month program with Remote Year where I and 
you know, 40 plus other nomads. None of us knew each other at the beginning. We all committed to join this program and travel the world together for a year, living in a different city each month for 12 months across four continents, okay? Remote Year, the company facilitated all of this for us. So I have interviewed now on the podcast a number of alumni of the Remote Year program, as well as uh, the CEO of Remote Year, the company, Greg Kaplan. And so if you've listened to the podcast, you've heard probably a lot of talk about Remote Year. And basically what they do is they facilitate the logistics, they take care of the accommodations, they take care of the co-working space access, they take care of all of your international flights from city to city and country to country. They have city teams on the ground of local people that work for Remote Year that are there just to facilitate your local experience, integrate you into the local community. They have events that are available for you to participate in that are pre-organized and everything else, okay? And so you get to travel the world with the same community of people for the entire year. And the year that I did Remote Year was the best year of my life. It was an extraordinary way to develop really meaningful, deep relationships because you're seeing these people every single day for an entire year and you're traveling the world and having these extraordinary experiences together. And so the depth of that was just so magical and so meaningful to me. And then what happens is once you finish the program, you're then in the alumni network. Okay, so remote year now at the time of recording, this episode has put over 2,500 people through their program. And so that means that whatever city I go to in the world, I can just throw up a message into the alumni network and say, hey, who's in this city? Right. So I am currently in Bali, Indonesia, recording this. And there are, I want to say, 15 to 20 remote year alumni people that are in Bali right now that I know of so far. <laughs> I've also patronized the community, the Hacker Paradise community. I've been to a number of cities around the world, another work travel program. There are currently, right now, at least probably. I want to say 10 or so Hacker Paradise alumni also in Bali that I know <laughs> just hung out with yesterday. So these types of networks are really incredible to get into. So you go through the initial experience, you build the initial relationships with the people that are in your group, but now you have a common shared experience and you're part of a larger community so that anywhere you go, you can plug in and connect with people in that alumni network. And the alumni networks are becoming so large that no matter where you go, I mean, I went earlier this year to Accra in Ghana on West Africa, and there were six remote year alumni there the same time that I was there. Last year, I went to Nairobi, Kenya. And there was another six remote year alumni that were there, different people, but they were there the same time that I was there. I went this year to Tbilisi in Georgia, expecting to know one person. And turned out there were 10 remote year alumni in Tbilisi, Georgia, right? So this is how the nomad ecosystem grows and builds. And so what I will normally do is I will normally travel in such a way that I am plugging in to one of these communities in a particular city for a month plus at a time, 
right? So as an alumni remote year, you can also plug into other remote year groups that are orbiting around for a month, right? And join their group for a month. So I've joined a number of other remote year groups for a month at a time. I joined the Hacker Paradise groups for a month plus at a time. I did a program with Wanderest Life, which is another work travel program. That's who I went to Kenya with. And so you can continually just move around the world constantly plugging into these communities and constantly having people there that want to get to know you, that want to explore the city with you and have fun with you. They're there to support you and care about you and everything else. And then once you do a lot of that, the other thing now that I will do, since I know so many nomads from going through all these programs and doing all of these work travel community events, the other thing that I will do is I will sometimes just curate my own small group of friends, nomadic friends that want to go and do something that's different, let's say, than what's on the itinerary of the work travel programs. So last summer, I organized a couple of friends to go through France and go through the French wine country, go to this wine festival in Bordeaux that happens only once every two years, go to the Dinan en Blanc event in Paris, the 30th anniversary, go to drive the Route de Grand Cru in Burgundy and taste some of the world's greatest wines and all of that kind of stuff just because we thought it would be fun and cool and interesting. And so we just went and did that for a month, right? This year I went through... West Africa for about three months. And I just organized a group of friends that I knew would be very interested and excited about exploring the region of West Africa. And so we went and did that. And, you know, you can organize small groups like that, but whatever I'm doing, I'm always surrounding myself with people that care about me and people that are intentional about having a community dynamic. And so as a result, that is the most powerful way to avoid loneliness and to have meaningful connection with people all the time available to you. Now, sort of the flip side of making sure you have enough social time and social support and human connection, the sort of the flip side of that is also making sure that you balance self-care and that you don't burn yourself out by trying to participate in every social thing that there is and have fear of missing out because every day people are doing cool stuff and you can't do all of it, right? So, you know, that's also a really important thing to think about and be disciplined about in the same way that you need to be disciplined about the work you also need to be very self-aware and audit yourself in terms of your personal needs. So, for example, how introverted versus extroverted are you? How much alone time do you need for recharging? And, you know, making sure that you have convinced yourself that it's okay to take as much alone time away from people or the group or the community as you personally need to. Making sure that you're balancing all of the other things that are important for you in your life for your self-care, okay? So whether that's alone time to recharge, whether that's, you know, your morning routines or doing meditation or journaling or things like that and balancing that into your life, whether that's going to 
therapy on a regular basis. Now, therapists do remote sessions, of course. And so, you know, if that's a part of your life that's important, making sure that you prioritize that and structure that and, and, you know, making sure that whatever it is that you need in your life, maybe it's just, you know, going to a spa day and having massages and stuff like that, whatever, you know, regular basis to do that and, and so forth. And just making sure that whatever it is for you that you need to take care of yourself, recharge, and all of that stuff that you're factoring that in as well, because to be honest, in the same way that you can get work burnout, you can get social burnout, you can get, you know, you can overdo it on any level. And so having the discipline to balance is really important. It's important to think about that in advance and be prepared that there will always be opportunities to, to overdo in any number of areas. And you have to be able to sort of draw those lines and strike the right balance for you. And sometimes it's about... Also, planning in advance for certain events or experiences where it might be an intense sort of, you know, you might have to take off of work for a certain period to go have a certain type of experience, right? So thinking of that like a vacation or, you know, you might have a whole gigantic social event that's coming up and sort of planning in advance for that. So you might do less social stuff and more work kind of leading up to prepare for that. And, you know, for example, what I'll do is I try to attend a number of different events around the world each year. And so those could be conferences or those could be like the Nomad Summit, for example, or they could be experiences like the Nomad Cruise or the Nomad Train, you know, or things like that. These are events where, you know, I'm going to go on the Nomad Cruise this year. We go from Greece through the Middle East, stopping in Egypt, Jordan, Oman, and ending up in Dubai. This is a 17-night cruise with 200-plus nomads and entrepreneurs, basically a business travel conference and party on a boat, right? So I know that I'm not going to get a ton of work done during that particular period, so I'm going to prepare in advance for what that's going to mean, but I do get a lot of business value out of those through the networking and different things. A lot of my podcast interviews have been with people that I've met on the Nomad Cruise, for example. So just thinking about that sort of stuff. Similarly, we just went through Siberia on the Nomad train, which is the Trans-Siberian Railway. It goes from Moscow to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia over two weeks. And I knew that, you know, I, I had to make certain preparations for that trip. So they did provide co-working space access at each of the stopover cities, but you might have some long train legs. Like we had a 37-hour train legs in some cases. And so you need to prepare for, you know, the work adjustment there as well as the really close social people quarters that you're going to have on the actual train, right? Sleeping four people to a cabin and that kind of stuff. And so, okay, you know, so you just need to prepare in advance for all of that stuff when you choose to do things and then figure out how you're going to balance things in the lead up, during, after, and so forth. That's that's really the big thing, understanding your needs and then preparing for them and balancing them. Another question that I get a lot relates to dating and relationships and love in the nomad lifestyle and how all that stuff works. So my very general take on that is that first of all, people absolutely travel together with their spouses and relationship 
partners. So I am regularly meeting married couples that are traveling together. I personally have traveled with my relationship partner for over two years around the world and have had that experience. And so that's the first thing, which is that if you meet another person who is a nomad or if you are in a relationship as I was and then in one place and then you decide to start nomading around, that's one option. That's one aspect of the way that people do this lifestyle. Another way to think about it, which I think is really an important perspective, is that if you are based in one city and you are single, your dating universe is restricted typically to the people that are in driving distance from your house. That's typically the dating universe that most people consider. Wherever they are, they're going to be willing to date people and able to date people that are in driving distance from their house. And that's pretty much it. Now, if you think about it, that is a pretty small universe of human beings given how enormous the world is. Whereas, if you are location independent, your dating universe becomes the entire planet of Earth. You literally have over a billion dating prospects. In addition to that, you have the flexibility to make things work. If you meet someone that you really want to be with and that person is not location independent, let's just say that person needs to be somewhere, you as the location independent person have the lifestyle flexibility to make that work. So a lot of people, you know, in a relationship between two people that are not location independent, let's say, there is a lot of complexity. If one person gets a new job and it requires them to move, but the other person has a job in that place and they can't move and like all of that kind of stuff can create all sorts of challenges, right? But if you are location independent, that means that whatever your partner's geographic restrictions are or needs are, you can accommodate them and you can flexibly cater to those needs of the other person. And therefore, again, it just dramatically broadens your options of where you can date, who you can be with, and so forth. And so I think that the concept of location-independent dating is just really extraordinary and really takes things to the next level. And yes, I know plenty of people that have absolutely met and are together and are married in both of those scenarios, meaning two nomads meet in these nomadic circles, fall in love, get married, and keep traveling together or whatever. And also scenarios where nomads meet local people, fall in love, and stay, right? Move to that person's country and stay there with them, right? So there are all sorts of different models and different options. And location independence simply provides you the freedom to choose and to have more options in your dating life in the same way that it does provides you more options in all the other aspects of your life as well. 
So another series of questions that I get relate to travel logistics. How do you choose where to go? How do you plan the travel logistics? How much time does that take, et cetera? So let me just provide a few thoughts on that. One of which, a centerpiece of the answer is utilizing and patronizing the work travel programs that I already mentioned. Because if you go do a program like Remote Year or like Hacker Paradise, they've already taken care of the accommodations. They've already taken care of the co-working space access. They've already taken care of all of that stuff. And so you just pay to join the group for however long you want. And then you just show up and everything is taken care of. So I do that a lot. And that is very logistically helpful for me. It's a very easy way to go to a city that you've never been to where you don't know anybody and immediately just have the community, the accommodation, the co-working space, stuff to do, you know, all of that stuff, a whole, you know, layout of this uh, of the city and, and, and explanation and orientation and everything else, all there done for you. So that's a primary way that I spend very little time on travel logistics and have everything done for me. Another thing to do if you're not going through a work travel program and you want to go to a particular place is to stay in a co-living space. And so these are, you know, like apartments, you get an apartment, but the other people that are in the co-living space in the other apartments are also travelers that are coming through, maybe staying for a month or an extended period like you are. And then the co-living space actually organizes social events or there could be business events or things like that. So there's organized activities for you to be able to proactively socially connect with the other people that are there, or in some cases, business networking, connect with other people that are there. Similarly, co-working spaces will have all sorts of organized things going on. So you join a co-working space and there's, you know, all sorts of events and networking and lectures, talks, meetups, all different stuff. And that's a really other good sort of hub for you as a traveler. So I'll either do a co-living, co-working space, or I'll do a remote work travel program. Or in some cases, as I said, if I'm going to do like organize my own thing and just like organize it with a small group of friends to go and do something completely epic, then we will usually rent, for example, an Airbnb in some cases and just go through the normal process of interviewing the host about the Wi-Fi speed and reading the reviews of the Airbnb and, you know, sort of doing the diligence there and then, you know, renting Airbnb spots and stuff like that. So sometimes I will do that if I do that, that is more logistically cumbersome because you have to research all the Airbnbs and do all the interviews and do all, you know, that kind of stuff. But it's not a huge deal, I mean, by any means. And so that's the other way that I will do it. And then, yeah, as I said, in terms of choosing locations, it's a combination of prioritizing places that I want to go and people that I want to be with because... This nomad life for me is about both of those things. It's about going to see really epic, amazing, extraordinary places in the world and spending quality time immersing myself in those cultures and those experiences. And it is also about choosing and having control over the people that I spend time with, the communities that I choose to immerse myself in, the people that I want to surround myself with. And so my 
choices are a hybrid of where do I want to go and who do I want to be with? And having total control over both of those things is a really, that for me is really the centerpiece of the value of this lifestyle. The final pillar that I want to talk about here is social impact and how to have a positive social impact while traveling the world. And this is a really important question, and I've been really encouraged and inspired to see so many nomads taking this question seriously. And there's been a lot of organizations that have been emerging out of this question and helping in an organized way to facilitate nomads being able to make positive contributions as we travel through the world. And so one of those organizations is Nomads Giving Back. I've interviewed the founder, Tarek Hulusi, on this podcast. You can check that out, episode 17. And I've also facilitated some of the Nomads Giving Back events in certain places around the world when I've been there and basically bringing local charitable initiatives together and teaching the nomad community how they can plug into these local initiatives while they are there and make con positive contributions, either monetary contributions or time contributions or skill contributions to these organizations while they're there so that they are enriching the community on the terms set by the community and then leaving the place better than they found it, giving more than they took while they were there. And that I think is a really important concept as we think about the ethics of traveling the world and staying in other people's communities and that sort of thing. And so there's another initiative by Sean Tierney, uh, founded by Sean Tierney, who has been on the podcast also multiple times called Charity Makeover, where people can contribute their skills on one single weekend, a whole bunch of people will be organized to go into a particular charity and basically have a hackathon where they are giving a total makeover revitalization to all different aspects of what that charity is doing. So it could be their online presence, copywriting, you know, different backend stuff, Take, just taking all of everything to the next level by simply donating their skills. And so it's a broad group with a broad range of skills that are all going in for a focused weekend long session to entirely make over this charity and take it to the next level. And so that's another thing that you can do while traveling the world is to plug into something like that, etc. And so there's all sorts of opportunities as well to go to different places around the world in a context of meaningful contribution. So Stella Airoldi, who's been on this podcast as well, who runs the 22 Stars Foundation in Uganda, empowering female Ugandan artisans through both her business and her charitable work, organizes a workation for nomads to go in Uganda, plug into the local community, connect with them, learn from them, you know, and have exchanges with them where they're contributing, but they're also learning and the contributions are on the terms of the community. And so there's an increasing amount of these opportunities that are arising to travel the world with a positive social 
impact. And so we've also got a section on the Maverick Nomad Life site on social impact. And that's what the whole section is about and provides a lot of opportunities for you to plug in to these types of initiatives and give back as you're traveling the world. So with that, and in summary, I just want to share what you're going to find when you go to the Maverick Nomad Life site. So first of all, there's a section on packing hacks where I do an entire video about exactly what I pack and how I pack the gear that I use, the specific items. Like it's actually, I actually itemize out and actually have links to each product that I use, the travel brands, all of that stuff. I do a whole luggage audit. And then I also go through the theory and the concept of minimalist packing and specifically about how to travel the world with carry-on luggage without sacrificing fashion and style, right? There's a video, it's free, it's on that. I also speak to women's fashion as well because I know a number of women that do this as well and are quite fashionable, by the way. So I give some attention to that as well in the video. So you can go there, check that out. And then it has, like I said, itemized out all of the specific gear that I use. And then it has a section on nomading, which has information on the work travel programs that I patronize, the co-living spaces that I use, how to book them, all that kind of stuff. And the events that I go to that I was describing, the different kind of nomad experiences. And a lot of this stuff on the Maverick Nomad Life site also comes with a discount for you if you go through our affiliate links that are on the site. So it doesn't cost you any more money. It'll actually get you a discount if you use these links and you came through Maverick because I have relationships with a lot of these organizations having been a customer of them, okay? So then there's a section on real estate investing, okay? So there's a free educational stuff. There's the free report on real estate investing for digital nomads as well as opportunities for other types of uh, real estate investing and, of course, the opportunity to schedule a free phone consultation with my company, Maverick Investor Group, to talk about your real estate investing goals and all that kind of stuff. We would be happy to have a chat with you, get to know you, and provide as much value to you as we can. And there's a section on entrepreneurship where we share a lot of the services and so forth that we use. And there's also information on freelancing and all that kind of stuff. So you can kind of go to that section if you're looking to take your game to the next level or start off uh, if you haven't even started yet in terms of the entrepreneur or freelancing space. And then there's a section on the social impact that I just mentioned in terms of how you can plug into some of these social impact initiatives and make positive contributions as you're traveling the world. And then, of course, there is the podcast that you're currently listening to where if you go back, if you haven't listened to all of the Maverick Show episodes and anything in this episode struck you as you're particularly interested in this or that, there are podcast episodes that focus on all of these different aspects, right? Location-independent entrepreneurs that have built extraordinary businesses in really interesting spaces. You know, people that are traveling the world and having incredible adventures and short and stories to share. 
people that are focused on social impact, all that kind of stuff. So depending on what your primary interest area is or the real estate investing stuff, we have a number of episodes where we're interviewing people that are traveling the world on passive rental income and that have specific tips for how to invest in real estate and different types of real estate investing. And so you can scroll through the episodes or just go to the maverickshow.com website and all the episodes are archived there. You can also, of course, listen to this on whatever platform you're listening to on it now and uh, check out some of those. So all of that stuff is available through the Maverick Nomad Life site. It's just www.maverick.nomadlife.com. And I would love your feedback on this episode and also on the Maverick Nomad Life site. We are continuing to build it out. We want to make it really, really high value to you in terms of providing you resources and information and as many discounts as we can if you want to you know, participate in any of these programs. But we're trying to make it high value. And so I would love your personal feedback. You can send me a personal email to my email. It's just matt, that's M-A-T-T, at maverickinvestorgroup.com. I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear what you thought of this particular episode. If you would like me to do more episodes like this. So almost all the episodes so far have been interviewing a guest. I've done a couple that have been these sort of educational episodes. Let me know what you think about these. Would you like more of them? If so, on what topics? Did anything about this particular episode resonate with you? Do you have follow-up questions? And what do you think about the Maverick Nomad Life site so far? And how can we provide more value and make that even better for you? Email me at matt at maverickinvestorgroup.com and let me know. And that's it for this episode. Good night, everybody. Be sure to visit the show notes page at themaverickshow.com for direct links to all the books, people, and resources mentioned in this episode. You'll find all that and much more at themaverickshow.com. Do you want to learn how to travel the world for a year plus with carry-on luggage only and look good while you're doing it? Go to themaverickshow.com slash packing to see a free recorded webinar and learn exactly how Matt does it. He shows you the luggage he uses, the specific items he packs, and the travel brands he likes most. Even if you're just looking to go on shorter trips, but pack more efficiently and eliminate your checked luggage, you won't want to miss this. You can watch the free recorded webinar at themaverickshow.com forward slash packing. Would you like to get Maverick Investor Group's white paper on real estate investing for digital nomads? How to buy U.S. rental properties from anywhere in the world and finance an epic international lifestyle? Just go to themaverickshow.com slash nomad. The report is totally free and available for you now at themaverickshow.com forward slash nomad.